0: So, this is the Self-Development with Tactics book. So, since we are already going through, say, pens, I thought, well, you know, what about 21 lessons for the 21st century? Maybe it's going to be a good one. I don't know. I found a summary. The summary is actually pretty long and pretty Maybe accurate. I don't know if it is, but I really hope that it is and I'm looking forward to that I really am because I I do like Sapiens quite a lot. So let's see what the other book by Harari or Harari or however you pronounce him is like And yeah, we're gonna see after the intro As always. And uh, while the intro is working and stuff, I'm gonna get a little bit of a blanket thing Um there it is and i'm also gonna have this thingy thing there so that everything is a bit nicer and better and not that shitty i hope you're doing fine um i'm doing quite good um strange times this is just how things can be summarized i guess for me at the point in time um but yeah i'm i'm healthy i'm happy i'm just pretty fortunate also, just in, in various different ways that I'm, I mean, able to stay at home. There is nothing to, to worry about financially, food-wise, just whatnot. Like, everything is just really on point and fine. And I am I, just fucking grateful for that. And I just hope from the bottom of my heart that it is also the case for you and your family and your circumstances and your whatever. But, yeah, there it is. I'm going to link it down into the description. I do hope since I've actually seen that a lot of people have checked out those uh, or this Sapiens video, which I think it's been the best performing video that I've ever had in that short amount of time. And so, you know, at least you're going to find the summary, at least you're going to find this article there that you can also read in 21 minutes, as they say, which most often is not that accurate, I've seen, you know, you're just going to take more than 21 minutes, maybe like 40 or some shit, because, you know, it's. You know, it it has a length. Let's put it like this. So anyway, fresh off the back of the success of Sapiens and Omodeus, Professor Yuval Noah Harari has returned with another book, not quite for the ages, but for the 21st century. 21 Lessons for the 21st century cuts through the information overwhelm and muddy waters of the online world and confronts the most urgent questions on today's global agenda. I was excited when I received my copy of the book in the mail courtesy of Penguin Books and couldn't wait to get my head buried in it. And by all accounts, i.e. mine, I, it didn't fail to disappoint. Which, by the way, as I'm reading it and as I've also been just having a look at it before, if I say it did not fail to disappoint, it's just, you know, it, it didn't fail. So it, it did it, you know, isn't it? So it did disappoint. But I think this is not (laughs) I think this is not necessarily what the author is willing to just say here. So so yeah. Harari confronts today's twenty first big questions throughout the book's twenty first chapters, and after having read and highlighted the book distilled it's three hundred pages down to 16,000 words of notes, and then third, distill those notes to 5,000 words of key lessons and takeaways. So, I decided to bring you my third book summary, kicking things off with chapter one disillusionment stories. So, I'm gonna read and I'm gonna add my shit to it as always, as we're just uh, doing this here. So, yeah. Uh, on the topic of information overwhelm, Harari makes the point that humans think in stories rather than in facts numbers or equations, which is why the communist, fascists and liberal stories of the 20th century were so powerful. The simpler the story, he says, the better. A lesson not only for those of, uh, of you declaring political war, which is fair to say, few of you are, but also for those of you in the business and entrepreneurship game. It is imperative that you make your story simple. Yes. Because nobody's gonna fucking remember anything that is complicated. While the 20th century was all about three political systems, the 21st century introduces new stories and classes that of human... that of humans, superhumans and, uh, maybe most importantly, artificial intelligence and Well, uh, we're gonna come to that, you know, because it's actually the next point, artificial intelligence. As AI gets more sophisticated, it will create classes of humans, superhumans, who are augmented by technology. As Elon Musk pointed out on a recent episode of the Joe Rogan experience, we've already been augmented. There's just a disconnect and the data rate is too slow. Uh, The funny thing is that I've had a look at the next interview with Joe Rogan and Elon Musk uh, yesterday, as I've been uh, having to fill some time, quite let's put it like this. And while I was cutting the video um, for today, I you know I thought, well, let's just listen to it, you know, to just get some information, just know what they are talking about. And he exactly said the same thing that the data rate is too slow. That the um, that I think, as far as I remember it and, and also have understood it. I think it's about, you know, for example, if you read things, that is way too slow, but we could actually uh, get more information and more data into our brains if the uh, transfer or the data rate was faster. But at this point in time, it is actually just pretty slow. At least this is how I have seen it quite, because I mean, our brain is actually a pretty fucking good computer. So yeah, it really is. Well, there is a lot of pushback against the liberal story today. Harari says, and by the way, just because, you know, I, I would forget about it. The interview is really good and really interesting concerning Corona, concerning artificial intelligence and what the future is gonna bring to us or bring us and all sorts of things. So it's just amazing. Really is a good one. Well... While there is a lot of pushback against the liberal story today, Harari says that at the end of the day, humankind won't abandon the liberal story because it doesn't have any viable alternatives. People may give the system an angry kick in the stomach, but having nowhere else to go, they will eventually come back. Yes, indeed. Inevitably, isn't it? Chapter 2, Work. Harari says that the better we understand the biochemical mechanisms that underpin human emotions, desires, and choices, the better computers can get at analyzing human behavior, predicting human decisions, and replacing human professions, such as bankers and lawyers. Because, of course, if you can somehow calculate that, which I think at this point in time is not that possible, and also analyze things. Um, I think about like cameras, uh, cameras analyzing human faces and then just suggest what the emotion is and some kind of that shit. So if we really get good at that, then of course computers are gonna inevitably be better than bankers, lawyers, um, therapists maybe as well, you know, that they can actually give better advice and stuff. At least in some lines of work, it might make sense to replace all humans with computers, even if individually some humans still do a better job than machines. But but of course, I mean, if we have a look at the broad... Uh, the broad broad entity or entirety if this is a word i don't know um then there is always going to be just some that are of course better than the machines but you know overall the machines are going to be better and probably more efficient and you know more also more cost efficient more energy efficient and whatnot so um so yeah you know there's just gonna be some jobs that we are not gonna have in the future i guess and i hope that he's also just talking about it a little bit because I do have some thoughts on that. On automation, which is the next point. The US National Highway Traffic Safety Administration estimated that in 2012 31% of fatal crashes involved alcohol abuse, 30% speeding and 20% distracted drivers. Self-driving vehicles have no of these flaws and eventually we could see the displacement of 3.5 million professional truck drivers in the United States alone among other driving professions. And this is exactly what I thought about, you know, truck drivers. Because um, it is only a task. And when it is about a task, and this is something that I've gotten from Seth Gordon, um, when it is only a task that you're doing, a task that doesn't really involve a lot of thinking, a lot of creative thinking, organizational thinking, whatever it might be, then it is inevitably going to be just replaced by AI. Which means, for example, if you're just making something, designing something, doing something, then it's gonna be a little bit more difficult for a computer to just do that, you know? Because, I mean, I think it is a human thing to do, to just create things, create art. Um, I don't know what this is gonna be like in the future. Maybe maybe there is gonna be a market for that. Like, I don't know. But I, Rather than replacing humans entirely though, AI might actually help create new human jobs. Instead of humans competing with AI, they could focus on serving and leveraging AI. The job market of 2050 is likely to be characterized by human-AI cooperation rather than competition. Which would actually be something that's pretty cool. Several years after IBM's Deep Blue defeated chess grandmaster Gary Kasparov, human-computer cooperation flourished. However, in recent years, computers have become so good at playing chess that their human collaborators lost their value, which could be seen as a precursor to what might happen at a more pervasive level. Which I guess is also going to be the case, isn't it? Another computer program, DeepMind's AlphaZero, went from other ignorance to creative mastery in under four hours without the help of any human guide to donate the world's best AlphaGo players and programs. I mean, like it is insane, and Elon Musk yesterday also, you know, not yesterday, but in the video, he also talked about like how AI essentially is working and that it is quite working as a as a brain is working in just a lot of ways, but not in all ways, as he said, and which is something that's pretty interesting, and and also I think thinking about the brain as a machine rather than like this uh, this organ that just does something and it is so kind of mysterious and shit like that. Um, I think thinking about it in, in just the, well, may, maybe more scientific way, if you will, could lead to better learning, better understanding, be- better just things, because, I mean, it's, it's actually indeed all about data, you know, I'm seeing something, and it, this essentially is data, I know that it is blue, you know, for some people it might actually be red, because they're having just some, what disability, even though it's, Uh, I don't really think that it is a disability, but yeah, well, I don't know. AI and creativity. People often say that AI could never feel like a human being, that it could never be as creative as a human being. On this point, chess tournament judges are constantly on the lookout for players, secretly getting help from computers. One of the ways to catch cheats, we are told, is to monitor the level of originality players display. If they play exceptionally creative moves, The judges suspect that this cannot possibly be a human move. It must be a computer move. At least in chess, creativity is already the trademark of computers rather than humans. Which is pretty interesting because this was the exact same point that I was, you know, coming up with just before with paintings. But as I said, um, there might be a market for that. I know, okay, this was created by my computer. It's amazing. I know, can your computer also do that? Is your computer also living that lifestyle? And all that shit, like... I mean, in the end, uh, in the end, it's gonna be the same. Quite, you know, if it is just done by a human being or by a computer that is uh, creative, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. By twenty fifty, not just the idea of a job for life, but even the idea of profession for life might seem anti-deluvian or something. I don't know what this means, so I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> a prehistoric, pre, uh, premeval, before the flute. Stuff like that. However, Harari insists that many jobs are uninspiring drudgery, not worth saving, and I tend to agree with. Uh, and I tend to agree, given all the work I'm doing to help liberate people from playing boring, process-oriented roles to unlock their potential and help them lead more fulfilling work lives. Nobody's life dream is to be a cashier, says Harari. He goes on to say that what we should focus on is providing for people's basic needs and protecting the social status and self-worth. Universal basic income will protect the poor against job losses and economic dislocation while protecting the rich from populist rage. Which, by the way, I think it is a pretty interesting discussion. Like, should we have a universal basic income? Should it not be something that we all should have and, and stuff like that? Like, I think, I don't know, I do not have a real opinion on that because I don't really think about it that much. And this is also why I'm not going to talk about it right now. Um, but yeah, I I mean, like in this sense, it sounds good, I know, but just, you know, there's always going to be upsides and downsides and shit. So yeah, alternatives to UBI, the government could subsidize universal basic services, UBS, rather than income instead of giving money to people who then shop around for whatever they want, the government might subsidize three education, three healthcare, three transport and so forth. This effectively brings the community. The communist plan to fruition obey, not by revolution. But I mean, I think it's a, I mean, it is cool. The, the, the problem that I'm also seeing with like giving people money and it is something that we've also seen, I think, with uh, Corona paychecks is that people just buy dumb shit. Quite, you know, I've read or read between the lines that it apparently is the case. So uh, nah, it is a good idea. It is a good idea to give people services rather than the money you know so that i mean that that you then could say that we all have the same abilities then you know we all have the buses we all have um just the trains and we all have the this and that and these and those so um so we all have the basic uh well maybe needs if you will besides food probably or yeah yeah probably yes um, which means that, okay, you know, what? what is this person doing with the um, circumstances this person has or the um, things this person has, i.e. A free, uh, just free trains and, and buses and uh, whatever services, education. You know, what are you doing with it? I know some people are going to do more with it and some people are going to do less with it. Um, yeah, yeah. Harari warns of the threat of further geographic consolidation of wealth, though. If a 3D printer takes over from the Bangladeshis, uh, the revenues previously earned by the South Asian country will now fill the the coffers of a few tech giants in California. This could pave the way for an even greater wealth gap and the collapse of developing countries. Some Some say that the big tech companies should be taxed to cover the shortfall and write they may be insofar as insofar 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 well the the german english translation it's variant spelling of so far as insofar the thing is i just gotta have to look it up really quickly because there is a german word that is just nearly identical and i wonder if it is to the extent that i think it is actually really the same um I think yeah, I think it's it's pretty close to just what it is. Um, insofar as the local distribution of taxes is concerned, but Harari points out that people are unlikely to support the distribution of these funds offshore to places be uh, defined by President Trump as shithole countries. <laughs> if you believe the typical american voter will support that says harari you might just as well believe that santa claus or the easter bunny will solve the problem i do want to i think it's you know that these are his exact same words so i i like it (laughs) not because it's like a little bit of a cynical thing you know but but i don't know like humor i guess you know it, it does not always have to be so fucking serious and shit so yeah Happiness is reality minus expectations, which is something that I've heard before quite. The problem with UBI or UBS is that human beings aren't just built for satisfaction. Human happiness depends less on objective conditions and more on our own expectations. Our expectations adapt to changing conditions, including to the condition of other people, keeping up with the Joneses. When things improve, expectations balloon and consequently even dramatic improvements in condition might Leave us as uh, dissatisfied as before. Today's poor live better than yesterday's kings, however. Americans are taking antidepressants in astounding numbers, leading to the current opioid epidemic. People need not only the basics, but they need to feel like they have enough, that their contributions are worthwhile, and that they are learning and growing, and that they have access to a community. Yes, indeed. It is all about that. Like, if you're having this Ferrari or not, like, just nobody gives a shit. Most often it is like the process, the process of getting to something, a process of doing something, the process of this and that, that gives us meaning in life, something to do, connection and all those things. Like, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought about YouTube because at this point of time it's actually doing quite good, you know, compared to just periods before. Um, I just thought like, you know, it, it's gone. What's happening Sign up to my weekly knowledge upgrade. And then there's going to be chapter 3. So I do not want to start with chapter 3, even though it is so... I'm going to go through it. I just want to have it. Chapter 3, liberty. And yes, I know I just wanted to talk about something, but it's eh, probably not that important. Hararisha has the following quote. You might as well call a national white a nationwide plebe to decide whether Einstein got his algebra, algebra right. However, he goes on to say that for better or worse, elections and referendums are not about what we think, they are about what we feel. Winston Churchill famously said that democracy is the worst political system in the world except for all the others. (laughs) Rightly or wrongly, people might reach the same conclusion about big data to algorithms that may come around the world. They might have lots of bugs, but we have no better alternative. Yes, indeed. Like, I don't know, like, in general, like, complaining about your fucking privacy, like, I don't give a shit. I generally don't give a shit about a lot of data, quite. You know, I I mean, like, I'm putting out so much stuff. I I just really, truly believe that if you would watch every single episode that I've recorded, which is now more than 860, you're gonna know me relatively well, I think. You know, it is is a strange thing to say, and it is also a little bit of a uh, weird thing to say to some point. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, like there's always trade-offs, trade-offs. I mean, I give you my data and I just get information and yeah, of course, my data is going to be sold to some people and I'm going to get funny emails. Yeah. (laughs) Well, quote unquote truth recently on an episode of the Sam Harris podcast, Harrison psychologist John Peterson debated for what seemed at infinitum the definition the definition of truth. Harari puts it simple. Truth today is defined by the top results of the Google search. On big data algorithms, once we begin to count on AI to decide what uh, what to study, where to work and who to marry, democratic elections and free markets will make little sense. <sighs> yeah, quite. But are we going to do that? I mean, I mean, I think it's actually indeed going to be a good tool. Uh, psychology and art. In- like, there's... So- I just already like it so much, because there. it is just some things that I wouldn't think about, just because I, I, I wouldn't actually know why, first of all, second of all, just because, but but yeah, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's gonna be a device for decision making, and it's gonna be a very good device for decision making, because data, you know, and, and I don't know, like, of course, we also can process data, and we have been for thousands of years, but now we're having the possibility to just uh, collect more data and just get better results. And why wouldn't we be doing that quite? I know, of course, people are going to say like, you know, I'm not never ever going to do that. But they've also just said that about smartphones and shit like that. Psychology and AI in war. On on the 16th of March 1968, a company of American soldiers went berserk in the South Vietnamese village of Mele and massacred about 400 civilians. This war crime was initiated by American forces that had been involved in jungle guerrilla warfare for several months. It was a fall of human emotions. If the U.S. had the killer robots in Vietnam, the massacre would have never occurred. However, if the U.S. had killer robots, the war could have dragged on for many more years because the American government would have had fewer worries about the moral of soldiers or massive anti-war demonstrations. Like the, of course there's going to be downsides and upsides. And I think there's always going to be unless we you know of course we can minimize the downsides. Something that we are always going to do and or always going to try to do. But but I don't know. You know, there's I think there's always going to be some Companies today are not only doing more with less, such as Netflix, uh, which with 5,000 or so employees has a market capacity of more than uh, 60 billion US dollars compared to Blockbuster, which with a workforce of 60,000 could only muster up a market cap at its peak of 5 billion only. Like it is still insane, but 60 billion with 5,000 employees. I didn't know about that, but it is insane. These benefits extend to the realm of warfare. Today, whenever Palestinians make a phone call or post something on Facebook or travel from one place to another, they are likely to be monitored by Israeli microphones, cameras, drones and software. The data is analyzed with the aid of algorithms, which helps Israeli security forces pinpoint and utilize potential threats. It is therefore surprisingly easy for a few Israeli soldiers to control about 2.5 million Palestinians. Yes. And I got to have to say, it's, it's a cool thing that, I mean, I think I got to have to look at this. I got to have to also figure out a way how I can just deal with that because I'm swimming in data. I'm literally swimming in data. I've recorded so much. I've put out so much. If I would actually kind of collect the data for once and, and just see what, uh, you know, for example, what things are performing well. And that stuff, like whether it is videos, whether it is podcast episodes. And if I would just then work on that, I guess I would do better, you know. But since I'm not doing this <laughs> because of, I don't know, ignorance or some shit. Um, I don't know. Of course, I see top videos. And of course, I see top episodes. Um, well, I actually should have a look at top episodes. I haven't in, I think, a long while. And I don't even know if this is possible, but it should be. But yeah, I mean, like, as I said, I actually... Indeed, women data, but I actually should collect it and kind of make something with it and or try to make something with it. Anyway, algorithms and personal finance. When you apply to your bank for a loan, when you apply it to your bank for a loan, it is likely that your application is processed by an algorithm rather than a human. The bank might refuse to give you a loan. Give you a loan, and you ask why, and the bank replies, "Algorithm said no. Computer said no. Who knows that?" Write it down in the comments, I uh, I wonder actually. You ask, why did the algorithm say, no, what's wrong with me? The bank replies, we don't know, no human understands the algorithm because it is based on uh, on advanced machine learning, but we trust our algorithm, so we won't give you a loan. Um, the funny thing is, the bank might refuse to give you a loan, and a loan is written as, I'm a loan. But yeah, so, yeah, quite... I know for the podcast listeners, because they obviously can't see that. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, decision-making. As I said, decision-making. Like, I don't give a shit. I'm not going to have to make a decision. It's just what the computer does. And the computer is probably right, because data, you know? And uh, really rational thoughts and decisions. Not as we human beings are doing it, you know, with really in, uh, irrational. What is it? Yeah, irrational. Not rational, but irrational uh, decision-making and thoughts and shit and whatnot. Uh, at least this is what I believe. Like, I don't know. I don't know if AI is actually that rational quite. I don't know if we think about it, but yeah, anyway, um, today's now I get tired. Uh, probably because of, uh, the meats that I've eaten. No, I don't actually know. Uh, so the thing is, uh, uh, Think about the things that you could say, that you could make, that you could create for other people that you know is going to really make their day and life better, different, um, whatever it might be. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I wish you the best health, happiness and also success and also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered, which basically means your legacy, it basically means just being a nice person, then being remembered as a nice person, which is always going to be a good thing. So yeah, three other questions that I'm have you are why I are hear what I'm trying to change and what's bothering you the most. These three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea, which is going to be the optimal situation you could be in. Business idea and meaning in life and our purpose. It's good it really is, so yeah, I am hopefully gonna see you the next time as well, I would at least appreciate it, so uh, I'll see you, and um, have a nice day, stay healthy, and yes, bye-bye.